Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of The Cell Phone Junkie. This is show number four, and my name is Mickey Papillon. I'm really happy to have you here today, and uh, also was really happy with the way that the last show went as far as the format was concerned, so I'm going to stick to that same format today as we go through things to continue on with what I like to call the news reviews and cues type format. So, starting off with news, the biggest news for me, and uh, with this show and the site itself, is that I'm now registered. Uh, If you go to www.thecellphonejunkie.com, The Cell Phone Junkie has its own domain, and uh, we'll link you directly to the comments page, so that's a little bit easier for you to remember now, and uh, also uh, we'll get you um, to where you need to be to download the shows if you choose not to use a podcatcher. The second piece of news about the show is I got a confirmation email today that the show is finally listed on iTunes, and I'm going to be posting a link in the show notes that will uh, get you directly to where you need to be to download it for iTunes. I was having a little bit of an issue earlier when I was uh, looking in to see um, in through iTunes to do a search for it to see if it was if it would come up. I was not able to get it to come up, but uh, with the link that they sent me uh, through iTunes, it does pop up in there, replicates all the information uh, that's listed. Uh, embedded into the podcast itself. So I know it's in there. It's just not coming up right now. So I'm not really sure what the deal is, but hopefully over the next couple of days uh, that will get itself resolved. So uh, one little interesting thing that I just wanted to talk about, and we can just call this a little uh, Mickey or cell phone junkie rant, if you will, um, is a a topic uh, that is very uh, close to me. And I'll call it the social implications of the wireless earpiece. And with, sec- with wireless technology today uh, growing more popular, it's really hard to tell if a person is actually talking to him or herself or is actually making a phone call. You know, in the past, phones were pretty big and you really didn't have uh, any of the, you know, the confusion. You know, someone's got a wire in their ear and now specifically with, uh, you know, a small Bluetooth earpiece, you have no idea um, if they're talking to themselves. So, you know, a lot of times I find myself walking down the street now and you'll see someone talking to themselves and you go, oh, yep, you know what, they're just sitting there, they're on a, a wireless earpiece talking to whoever knows who. And then you walk by and you notice, nope, no earpiece, just talking to themselves. So, uh, Bluetooth really makes you want to ask this somebody, who are you talking to? So, that's my little soapbox there about that. Um, moving into some more news, there is a new Verizon phone that's just been launched. The Verizon Chocolate Phone will be available next Monday, July 31st. It is a candy bar phone. It's going to also, it's a slider phone. So for those of you who are looking for a new Verizon phone, uh, it's, it's by LG. Uh, the front of it has iPod-like controls. And uh, the price is going to be uh, $359 without contract. 249 one year and 200 for a two year. So a little bit higher than I think some people were expecting for the price point to be on that. But uh, for those those of you who have been looking for this phone, you know what I'm talking about. This phone has been hyped and uh, kind of one of those you know phones that's going to be another iPod killer type thing. So the Verizon Chocolate Phone available next Monday, July 31st. Um, Motorola. Oh boy, look! Do you see how much they released? Motorola released. Um, at least six new phones, and I'm going to cover them here, what they had come out. Uh, and that was uh, Moto 2006 out in South Africa this week. And they recently announced a CDMA sliver and also made um, made sure that they took their previously coded Canary and Capri handsets 
and rename them now with their their four letter names. So you have a, a clamshell that's officially called the uh, the Crazer, and a slider phone that is now known as the Riser. Uh, and all the phones will feature Bluetooth, micro SD memory card slots, and the 176 by 220 display. So a little bit about them. The, the Crazer uh, is the Razer successor, also known as the Canary. It's a narrow profile, new finish on it. Uh, it's quad band, GSM, and Edge. You know, no, no UMTS yet, but uh, two megapixel camera. It does, of course, MPEG-4 uh, videos if you want to record those and mp3 aac capabilities stereo bluetooth motorola sync uh, all that fun stuff uh, the crazer is uh, known as the crazer k1m and the crazer is for cdma networks it features evdo high-speed data and but actually only has a 1.3 megapixel camera not the two that the the uh the actual crazer got and uh so it also features a media player with uh, touch-sensitive playback keys and a, the glass over the phone cover, as well as location-based services for the turn-by-turn -turn directions that are currently offered on uh, the Verizon network, among others. The riser is that slider phone, also uh, previously known as the Capri, and it sh shares the same form, the same excuse me, same features as the Crazer, but it's got a slightly wider sliding form factor. It's a uh, more camera focused than the uh, the clamshell uh, Crazer, and it also adds a landscape viewfinder as well as an LED flash. So, uh, the Sliver L7C is another one that came out. It's basically the same as the Sliver, includes Bluetooth VGA camera, micro SD card slot, but it has uh, it's now for CDMA, so it's got the eVideo high speed networks and uh, support for those location based services. Then you have a phone that Motorola is calling the phone, F-O-N-E, and it's a basically a ultra-thin phone. You take uh, the thinness of, um, of the Q and actually slim it down a little bit more, and they're looking for you know, mass market appeal. It's got um, an, what they're calling an electrophoretic display, EPD, and that technology will help with the battery life for... Um, high constant viewing in all, uh, high, excuse me, high contrast viewing in many conditions. So it's going to help uh, in multiple ways. It also has a new interface that uses uh, bigger icons and some different voice aids. It has dual antennas on it. So for the people that had issues with Motorola and, you know, the Razer only having the antenna on the bottom, it's got one on the top and the bottom. And it will be available later this year as CDMA and GSM. And then you have the long-rumored first CDMA IDEN phone. That's the IC502. So that's something that uh, they released. Don't have a lot of information on that one. But uh, Motorola also announced on top of all of these the Razer Max and the Razer XX XX. Uh, both are going to be HSDPA compatible for Europe and Asia. And two new Bluetooth headsets, the H601 and uh, that one is designed to complement the Crazer and the H800 to complement the Riser. Uh, also announced were two uh, new entry-level CDMA phones uh, based on the company's most affordable GSM phones for uh, certain markets. They're basic bar style models with a color display and uh, one has a color display, excuse me, one does not. And they announced also plans to add Wi-Fi, WiMAX, and uh, the DVB-H technology to select phones in its IDEN lineup. So 
Uh, there's really a lot of new stuff that's been coming out from Motorola. They've really kind of stepped up to the plate and continued on with what I think is a very clever marketing campaign with the four-letter names. You know, you've got the the Razor and um, the you know the Rocker and uh, the Riser and the Sliver and the Phone and the Crazer. So they're they're really they're they're playing off that as much as they possibly can. So, but uh, you know, hats come off to Motorola for finally announcing a new slew of devices. Hopefully, they can get those out to the market soon so they can get a get them in the hands of the consumers. Uh, moving on, uh, a few reviews here. Uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is a link that was actually sent to me and uh, kind of playing off the way that I ended the last show talking about um, using your your cell phone as a flashlight. Uh, when, you, when you get into a pinch and you need to be able to see something, you take out your phone and you use the screen as a flashlight. So the the uh, the, the software that I'm going to talk about is called Pocket Light Software for the Motorola Q. And the comments on it are, you never know what the Motorola Q is capable of. And uh, the Artemata company has created Pocket Light Software, which is still under beta testing, uses your camera's flash on the Motorola Q and turns into a flashlight. And the screen will, will turn on and, uh, excuse me, the screen light will turn on in the screen bright white and turn off the screen's backlight timer and you can also use it to send uh, low-tech morse code messages and set the timer to turn on the flashlight in an automatic mode so i'm not really sure the uh the actual use of that uh some of those features on there are uh, not exactly what i would call useful but at the same time it's something that you never thought well okay i'll use the flash on my camera as a flashlight I guess you could just pop in there and turn it on, but nah, let's make some software to make it work. So, um, Continuing on, I talked about uh, 3G uh, data plans a couple episodes ago, and one thing I forgot to talk about were the prices. And what I wanted to briefly mention were the different providers and what they have to offer. So um, we all know the, uh, the EVDO versus uh, UMTS networks that are available um, but the prices are actually split you can get them a different package for phones uh, versus PDAs obviously a PDA typically is going to use a little bit more data so um, so on on the cell phone side of things if you go with a singular data plan uh, look to spend uh, 10 bucks which is going to give you uh, 5 megabytes of data and or 20 bucks which is going to give you the unlimited amount of data Sprint is going to be $15 for what they're calling their access pack for cell phones, uh, $20 for their plus pack, $25 for the ultimate pack. And those are just variations on text messaging, SM, um, picture messages, uh, the serious radio and TV that they offer, So, and also the, the amount of uh, data that you use in there as well. So T-Mobile, uh, their flat rate, six bucks. That's still on their old edge network, so that's pretty uh, pretty low. Um, and it's gonna, not going to be quite as fast, but that's unlimited web with email access, and you get um, some of the different uh, stocks and news applications with that. Verizon, 15 bucks, which is going to give you unlimited VCast music uh, access, unlimited video, the basic video clips, and the mobile web too, and uh, you know it gives you access to those, some of those premium services to, for download. Moving on to smartphones, uh, ratchet the prices up a little bit. With Singular, uh, the BlackBerry actually has a different price uh, than the regular PDAs. BlackBerry is 35 bucks for 4 megs and up to 45 for unlimited data. 
And if you have a PDA on Singular, it's going to be $45 for you uh, for unlimited amounts of data. On Sprint, it's going to be $40 for 40 megs or another $10 up to $50 for unlimited data. And uh, if you decide you want to go with a voice plan, drop that back down 10 bucks and you get unlimited data for $40. Uh, that is, um, use, sorry, that is using your phone as a modem plan. So uh, if you just go strictly the Power Vision services, which is uh, just using the the device that you have, uh, say it's the Trio or one of the 6700s, it's going to be 15 bucks, uh, and the, it's the 15, 20, and 25, uh, the same as what it was for the cell phone uh, variations on what what's included with that, but uh, it gets you uh, some different options to look at. T-Mobile, their BlackBerry service is $40, um, and they've got some, some funky different plans there. And uh, with the regular PDA uh, internet, it's $50 and up to $60, depending on what you want included with that. Uh, and then if you have a sidekick, you're down to 30 bucks, and that's GPRS only and does not include voice minutes or email. It's just the SMS instant messaging. So... And Verizon Wireless, a data uh, PDA plan is going to be $40 on top of whatever your plan is. So the lowest plan would be $40, 450 minutes, plus another 40, so uh, up to $80 for that. So um, overall comparable, um, you know, you're going to pay a little bit less for, uh, you know, some of the, depending on what the network has, Verizon's, you know, a little bit on the high side, but they do have the EVDO network. If you're really looking for a deal, Sprint's the place to go. 15 bucks unlimited data uh, it's really hard to beat that so uh, but one thing to remember is to make sure you whatever package you choose for your data plan make sure you get enough uh, en en enough megabytes you don't want to go over that it can be expensive and really especially with the new high-speed networks that is very easy to do uh, there's it does not take much to you know pull those you know 15 20 even 40 megabytes a month and all of a sudden go into a, a per kilobyte situation where that can rack up costs pretty high. So um, talk a little bit about here a uh, how to choose a great camera phone. Uh, I had a question from someone about um, how do you know what to get when you're looking for a camera phone. And one thing that I'll say is camera phones really are handy. And they offer many of the features that a typical uh, camera will as far as uh, the different resolutions and sometimes even you can change to do a black and white or a sepia tone or, or whatever but um, it's nice to have a camera built into your phone you know many people carry around phones so um, but the list of features that are available on camera phones really is amazing because it's such a small product you know you can uh, you know do different you know color resolutions and um, a lot like I said a lot of different things that you could do with a regular digital camera every major cell phone manufacturer is making camera phones now so uh, some of them say that they're you know they have the latest and greatest they all have limitations when you compare them to regular cameras you know don't don't pretend that you're gonna be able to use it as your only digital camera uh, if you're planning on doing any printing or you know sending any sort of quality of picture uh, the pictures are typically okay uh, sometimes, depending on the type of phone you have, they can be fuzzy, garbled, look kind of odd. Um, you know, some of the camera phones, you know, really, unless you have a, an, a memory card that you can put into it, they don't have the capacity. And uh, so the, the, and the clarity and the, you know, the resolution of the picture is not going to be 
probably what exactly you're looking for. So make sure you check the specs on it before you buy the phone if you're going to be using it for the camera a lot. Most of them, 640 by 480 is normal. Uh, contrast that to uh, some of the digital cameras that are out there right now, you know, up are in the 7 to 8 megapixel range. So um, make sure that you get what you need. So usually uh, the amount of pictures that you can take on a phone varies by the amount of memory that you you number one have on the phone. Um, if you put a lot of ringtones, videos, other types of media on it, you're going to not have as much space to store your pictures. And if you decide to get a phone that has a removable uh, memory, you know, memory cards, micro, mini SD, whatever, you're going to be able to to bump up the number you can take pretty significantly. So, um, in the in the cell phone industry, you know, every new feature seems to have. Um, a new charge you know be aware of the amount of time that it takes to to send a picture from your phone and make sure that you take a look at how much it's actually going to cost for you because um, the, the providers like you to send it over their network because then you're either number one you know paying the a la carte rates or number two using some you know one of the messages that you have in your plan which of course then you're paying for so monthly fees uh, or per message fees definitely apply so under the best plans, you pay a monthly fee and you get to send an unlimited number of pictures. But at the same time, you know, how many are you really going to be sending out? Some other options out there, getting a data cable. You can use the cable to download the pictures off your phone. Uh, infrared, if your phone happens to have infrared and so does your, your laptop, uh, you can pull them that way. Or, of course, Bluetooth um, if your provider does not uh, restrict that, um, depending on the provider that you have, I believe... Uh, uh, Verizon has lifted that, but at one point they were restricting any sort of uh, other than uh, a headset for Bluetooth. So, uh, another thing to think about lighting make sure you take your pictures with your camera phone where there's lots of light. Some of the newer models have built in flashes, and uh, that can sometimes make a tremendous difference in the quality of the pictures. And I say sometimes because typically you have to be pretty close, it's nothing more than a, a simple light, and it's not a flash like you know it in most cases. So, uh, compatibility is another issue. Your camera phone must be, have, be compatible with whatever network you're on. That just kind of goes without saying. You're obviously not going to buy a T-Mobile phone and try and use it on Verizon. That's not going to work real well. So uh, make sure you know the multimedia messaging, uh, what's required, what you have to do. Um, you know, a lot of times if you simply talk to a representative at one of the stores, they can give you the, the lowdown on the plans and what it's going to cost you, and you can kind of make a decision that way. Uh, or, of course, look online. Or ask me, I can tell you as well. Batteries, uh, battery is often a big issue too. When you start adding, you know, certain video capabilities and you know, especially things like a flash, it can suck the life out of your battery. And so, uh, the longer the talk time on your cell phone, the better it's going to work for using the camera. So, the best way to get uh, the best out of your battery is to make sure you're you're not leaving the camera on and taking pictures when you're going to take pictures. Uh, you use higher quality. Uh, when you take higher quality pictures, you're going to be sucking down a little bit more juice doing that as well. So um, overall, though, you can really get some great deals on camera phones depending on you know what exactly that you're looking for. Uh, there are certain phones that operate better than others. Uh, if you go into a store, you know typically they're going to have different phones that are out there that you can play with and take pictures and 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 look and and see what you like. Uh, inside is always uh, the real test zone because you take it outside and it can be kind of hard to tell. With a lot of light, 
a lot of the phone, the pictures are going to look okay, but as soon as you get into that unnatural light, it's going to start to cause problems. And the darker it gets, the worse your pictures are going to be. And some of those better quality cameras are going to really stick out for you. Um, and so you can uh, hopefully make an educated decision with that. So price-wise, probably somewhere between $50 and $200. Um, get what you pay for. $50 camera phone, you're probably going to get a, a low-end uh, camera. And you get up on the higher end of that. Um, you're going to probably get a little bit better camera. So uh, just some things to think about when uh, shopping for your next camera phone. I uh, had a few questions here, um, questions and comments from, first I'm going to read Pat in Oregon here. And uh, Pat says, hey, awesome podcast, Mickey. Keep up the good work. You definitely fill a need for a phone-based podcast. You mentioned in your last show about the Q's wireless sync and how it needs help from an SMS message. Can you go into more detail? I don't think I quite got everything. He goes on to say, by the way, I work for U.S. Cellular in Northeast Oregon, and I would be interested to hear what you have to say about us. Even though we're a rural carrier, I think we, could do our, we do our best to compete with the big boys, especially with our new price plans that we released this week. I'll be watching the queue very carefully and cannot wait until we're able to get it first quarter 2007, I am told. Thanks, and keep it going, Pat. Well, Pat, certainly appreciate the email. Thank you very much for that. And let me talk about the different ways that you can sync your queue wirelessly. Uh, the first way I'm going to talk about is the way that I do it, and that is through the a third-party software called Wireless Sync. Wireless Sync is actually provided by Verizon at no charge to users who have a data plan. And what Wireless Sync does is it has a it's basically a way to circumvent a system uh, so that you can the you can get around restrictions and limitations uh, that you have with uh, with with Exchange and pulling your email and contacts and whatnot from there. So this is how it works. You have a dedicated computer that has access to your corporate network. On that specific computer you have this program Wireless Sync sitting on that computer basically running in the background all the time. And what I will say that a lot of people don't realize is when you run this program it needs to be running all the time. So if you're someone who for your office has a um, has a laptop it's not going to work. I mean, it'll work while your laptop is plugged into your corporate network, but as soon as you turn it off and go travel, uh, you're going to have some issues. So the best way to do it is to, hopefully you have access to a desktop computer where you can be logged on and have access to your email from there. And what it does is it basically acts as a go-between between Outlook and your device. And it takes the information from basically using your Outlook and pushes it out to a website, the, wire, the Verizon Wireless Sync site. And on the Verizon servers, it holds all the information. What information I'm talking about is obviously your email, your inbox, uh, your sent items, your drafts, and your deleted items if you choose. Also goes into your calendar, your contacts, notes, tasks, um, can even do favorites, and uh, a few other different options depending on what you what you choose uh, from the menu of options that they have there. So um, it takes all this information, pushes it to the Verizon servers. The Verizon server then pushes any of the information out to your device. So there's actually a go-between. It's not directly from your computer to your device. You have to, you have that third-party Verizon server in there. So if you're at all concerned about uh, security, uh, you know they use the AES encryption just like BlackBerry does, but it is your your data is sitting on a Verizon server at, at some point. So just make sure that you're aware of that. And if there's any issues with uh, your IT department, uh, you know, they can, um, that could sometimes be a, a violation of their, you know, terms and um, what they what they let their users do. So make sure you're aware of all that kind of 
that kind of stuff before you just go installing this and, and doing whatever you're going to do with it because uh, I don't want to see anyone get in trouble for using that. The other option, well, let me, let me first say, uh, along with Wireless Sync, there's a number of other third-party applications you can use as a go-between. Um, and so just kind of take a look. Wireless Sync is the one that comes bundled with the phone. So that's that's where Wireless Sync comes in. Um, but to answer your question about um, it uses a, an SMS message, this program does not. This is all data push. So, uh, and it's not... It's not instantaneous all the time, but it does a pretty good job. I would say within three minutes of every email that I get, um, it comes in from the test that I've done. And depending on you know how the connection is doing, it sometimes is instantaneous. I mean, you know, before it actually hits my inbox in my at my desk. So sometimes it can be a little deceiving, um, you know, to see you know an email comes in before it comes in in your desktop, but at the same time, the next one will come in and you won't get it for a couple minutes. So it's not perfect, but it works pretty well. Uh, like I said, other options are out there too. So um, on the ActiveSync side, uh, some companies allow you to ActiveSync from your device wirelessly through the cellular network to the Exchange server. And there's two ways that this can be done. And this is, I'm talking the the prior um, to the AKU2 updates. Um, the way that it used to be done is you could either have scheduled pulls where your device on a, on a schedule every 15 or 30 or 60 minutes, whatever it was, would go out to your Exchange server and synchronize everything. And so really it's your device going out and pulling that information. What happened was, you know, to kind of get a little bit closer to the functionality of a BlackBerry, they implemented what was called an SMS trigger. And what that SMS trigger was, was your Exchange server, when a new message would hit your inbox or you know, a meeting request or whatever, it would send your phone, based on the information you inputted, uh, a text message. And that text message would be nothing really more than an inf some information for your phone to take, um, you know, translate into, I need to go sync right now. So it gets this message, goes and syncs, and it gets that email. So really, it's a scheduled pull, um, or sorry, not a scheduled pull, but it's a, a pull triggered by an SMS message. So, but that's with ActiveSync, and... Um, unfortunately, a lot of businesses don't allow it. It depends on, on what your administrator of your IT department has set up, if they allow that or not. So I'm not going to say that it works for everyone uh, because it certainly will not. Um, if you cannot active sync wirelessly over a cellular network uh, without being, well, you wouldn't be on your, net, on your company's network. But um, So if you can't do it, you're not going to be able to use the SMS triggers. If you can... If you can sit there with your, your trio or your queue or whatever it is, and you can type in all your information into ActiveSync as far as your servers and your, your username and password, and you can synchronize over the air, you can use SMS triggers. And uh, what Verizon does, I mentioned on the last show, is they offer a 2000 SMS package for anyone that has unlimited data. And so you can, in what they also call is they're always up to date. And it allows the user to not get dinged for huge overage charges for SMS messages that are sent just so that you can download your email. So at least they did they did part of it right. So depending on how you want to do it, those are the two different options. And uh, Pat, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, if you if you need a little bit more explanation, let me know. I'd be more than happy to go into more detail on it. Um, let's see what else. Oh, U.S. Cellular. Yeah, you also said uh, U.S. Cellular in uh, Northeast Oregon, and you wanted to know what I thought about uh, about them. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm a big fan of the rural carriers, and I'll tell you why. 
typically, when you look at uh, the U.S. cellulars of the world, they've got and they've got a network set up locally that is that is very good. And whatever your current your current area is, you're going to have good service. But then they also set up roaming agreements with everyone uh, that they possibly can around the country to provide service for when you go out and you travel. So um, I'm, I'm a big fan that way. So, and uh, U.S. Cellular is a CDMA carrier. Uh, they have a, the uh, 1XRTT network. I uh, don't know what the EVDO upgrade plans are for you guys. Uh, that may be uh, a lost cause. I'm not really sure what's going to be going on in the future. But you do have Blackberries and offer the Blackberries, so that's pretty nice. And, of course, uh, Push to Talk as well. And the price plans are very good, as well as the phones. You can get a thousand minutes for fifty dollars. You can pick up your most basic Nokia, uh, up to the Razer, um, like I said, Blackberries as well, and you know, of course, your Samsungs and Motorolas. So overall, I think U.S. Cellular is a very good carrier. I think the rural carriers are a very good option. You do compete with the big boys, especially with your prices. I definitely agree with that. So um, definitely, I'm always been a, I've always been a big supporter of them. I. Obviously, I'm not in an area where I can choose one, but um, I think that uh, for a lot of people, it's a good option. So, uh, Next, comments and questions from Chris out in West Virginia. And Chris says, hey, Mickey, I'm currently a Verizon customer, and I now live in West Virginia. And, of course, Verizon doesn't offer digital service here. I love their network, though, and that's the problem. I get service pretty much everywhere. The only thing wrong with all of this is I don't get the Internet on my, internet on my phone because I'm now on the extended network. I really want the Motorola Q, and I would need it for all the obvious reasons for checking email and all of that. But I think it's pointless to get the phone if I can't use it for all it's worth. So I was thinking about switching over to Sprint. Do you think I would be having a lot of problems with their service? Would I be losing signals? If I do switch, I was thinking about getting the Trio 700P. Um, do you know of anything like the Motorola Q coming off for Sprint? And what do you think I should do? Is it worth switching over? Thanks, Chris. Well, Chris, thank you as well for writing. Certainly appreciate that. And this is what I'm going to tell you. Um, judging from the email address that you sent me, it looks like you're out in uh, the University of West Virginia. And I believe that's uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, if I did my research correctly. And I will tell you that Sprint does work uh, out there. And Sprint is generally a very good carrier. I had them for about five years from uh, 98 through 2003 uh, before leaving them to get on a shared plan uh, with my fiance at the time. And so I've used them. I use them in many areas of the country, and their network is good. Uh, more importantly than that, uh, the call quality for me on Sprint is phenomenal. I, I am a big, uh, a big fan of the CDMA networks, but specifically of what Sprint has done with their network and the PCS services that they have. Uh, for the most part, if you get a decent phone with them, you're going to have just great call quality. So. Um, so, but your yeah, your phone would work there. I don't think that you'd be risking a lot by doing it. Uh, you're basically what what you need to look at is what's going to be uh, better for you. If you're going to be roaming all the time on your Verizon plan, it may be time to switch over. Uh, I'm guessing if you are roaming, you've probably got a non-local number. I'm not sure what you're planning on doing with that. But um, another thing to consider, though, uh, either way, you're not going to have EVDO coverage out there, it looks like at this point. The closest area would be Pittsburgh. Uh, I know Sprint has coverage out there. And uh, uh, onto the Trio, as far as your question about the Trio, it's a great device. Uh, it's a, you know, the Palm OS, very simple to use. It's got that Trio form factor that everyone loves. Uh, you know, I've mentioned it before, it's one of my top three favorite phones, and it is 
it is just great. It is an iconic device. So um, I don't know about the Q1 Sprint. I really honestly think an Altel is more likely customer um, or more likely company to get it for their customers. And they're on a six-month exclusive with Verizon right now, so it's probably going to be somewhere in the vicinity of six months before you have any choice anyway uh, to if you could get it and if Sprint's going to get it or not. I don't know. Uh, it's not really information that's out there right now. So, um, But if you're thinking about trying out Sprint, you can always go on, go buy a phone, get a plan, and use their trial period. And one of the rules that I always tell people when they're talking about getting new phones is what I like to call the 90% rule. And what I mean by the 90% rule is this. 90% of your calls are made typically in one specific um, area. And that area is between where you live, where you live, where you work, and that area in between. And if your phone works at your house, if it works at your work, and on your commute, and you get reasonably good call quality, and it's tolerable, you're going to be happy with the phone and the service and the plan that you have. And I say that because a lot of people, you know, they, they get upset, well, you know, I don't know, T-Mobile, you know, they, they have a smaller network or, you know, they don't work here or, uh, you know, Sprint, it, you know, Sprint socks or, you know, whatever it is, um, you have to try it because it's a very individualized personal decision. So if, if you're not going by where you use the phone the most, you're really kind of doing a disservice to yourself because you're not going to be getting really uh, what's going to be best for you. So use that trial period, see if it works for you. If it works around where you spend most of your time, you're going to be happy with it. And uh, that's that's really the best advice I can give you for that. Um, so anyway, but thank you again. Thanks again for writing. So that's about wraps it up for me. It's uh, been about 30 minutes here, so I think that's about enough of the cell phone junkie here. I want to thanks again, thank you again for downloading the show, uh, listening to the show, and uh, you know, show number four here uh, went well, and love to hear your feedback. Anything that uh, you can tell me would be great. And I just have one more comment, and that's, if the sound of static triggers memories of the days of analog gone by, then you might be a cell phone junkie too.